I have low platelet levels. So when I get pregnant, they tank. And I was adamant about having epidurals, which I'm sure that's what we'll be talking about in a minute. But I was, I was adamant, like I wanted one. I knew going in, that's what I wanted. Um, but when I got there and my numbers weren't high, we weren't sure if I was gonna be able to have one. So of course I'm freaking out. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. What's up, mamas, and welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. Today is just Carrie and myself, so you just have us today, which yeah. I think is okay because I think today is a pretty entertaining episode. What do you think, Carrie? <laughs> it's definitely going to be entertaining. <laughs> and it's going to be entertaining because we're talking about the top six fears about labor and delivery that we have heard from other mamas. Um, we've just, you know, even just read, you always see these time and time again. And so we're addressing those today. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I fear going <laughs> into labor and delivery. And then Carrie's going to give a little bit about her experience and maybe what she feared and, you know, actually how it actually turned out. So I think it'll be pretty, pretty entertaining. I do. And a little informative. Hey, yeah. You know? You can yeah. mix a little fun, funny and facts. Yeah. We don't want to get too boring, right? With just exactly. giving you guys information all the time. So for we sure. gotta gotta keep it entertaining around here. It's a messy <laughs> mom podcast for a reason. This is messy. Um, so let's just dive right in. So this is probably my biggest fear, if I'm being totally honest, when it comes to uh, labor and delivery. And number one is what if I tear? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just, and I think it kind of goes back to, you know, birth is unpredictable and you can prepare and do, you know, everything. But at the end of the day, it's like, that could happen. You just never really know, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't, like you said, you, you, you don't know. And I mean, um, we talk about this all the time. There's definitely proper pushing techniques. Uh-huh. Uh, there's things you can do to prepare, but yeah, at the end of the day, baby's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously this is if I don't have a C-section, right? I, I mean, yeah. you, like I said, you just never truly know because birth is unpredictable. And I, I know that tearing is like extremely common. And I was actually listening to my birth preparation course and they had mentioned that if you have a vaginal birth, that third and fourth degree tears are actually not very common. So that made me feel a little bit better. Good. I don't <laughs> think I knew that. So that actually is. I didn't either because I've actually had friends and, you know, family members that have had some pretty gnarly tears, they've said. And so I guess maybe that's why I thought it was pretty common. But I guess it's it's really not according to this birthing class vid video that I've been that watching. Is. I feel like that's really reassuring because I, I didn't, I mean, I did a little bit for my first, but not very much. Like, I think I had one stitch. Um, and and then, what do you think? Like, I mean, that's very like one stitch I feel like is 
like nothing. That's like nothing. And some in in this video I was watching, they said that, you know, it, it some people they might not even give you a stitch. But what do you think helped you? Do you think there's I don't know anything you did specifically that helped you not tear oh, as bad or I really totally, at all in your second one? <laughs> yes, I can like contribute that to strength training. Like you know, we've always strength like you know even before our prenatal course. I was always big into weights and I mean, I did squats like crazy, like heavy weighted squats in the proper form using the proper technique. And I think that's got a lot to do with it. You know, if you can, if you, if you train, cause I mean, pelvic, you know, we, we talk about training our pelvic floor and this was with Caitlin, that was way before I was into the course, but I was doing a ton of squats. So I think when you condition your body, um, you know, and pelvic floor is obviously one of the things you train when you squat, I definitely can would attribute that to it for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then with Carter, I didn't have any stitches. Uh, and that was when we became way more aware of how you can breathe properly and what to do. So I think I definitely think it was a combination of training, like actually mm-hmm. actively training for it. Yeah. And, and I know it's like I mentioned, I know it's extremely common, but the degree is different for everyone. And, you know, we talk about proper, you know, pushing techniques. I know that really at the end of the day, you have to do what works best for you and what's going to get the baby out. But I think like anything, the more that you know and prepare yourself, I mean, knowledge is power. So I feel like that can make a huge difference. Um, And I know you had mentioned, and this is just from past conversations that we've had, that you had a really good team, especially with Carter teaching you like when to relax, when to really go. So I think having like in talking this, talking about this with your like healthcare team, if it's something you're really concerned about and, you know, making sure obviously that they're knowledgeable and going to help kind of guide you along the way is really big too. Oh, a hundred percent agree. Yeah. And that was, I, it was, it was a nurse. Um, we should, we should do a whole podcast on birth experiences, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, Carter's was definitely an interesting one. And, um, I have low platelet levels. So when I get pregnant, they tank. And I was adamant about having epidurals, which I'm sure that's what we'll be talking about in a minute. But I was, <laughs> I was adamant, like I wanted one. I knew going in, that's what I wanted. Um, but when I got there and my numbers weren't high, we weren't sure if I was going to be able to have one. So of course I'm freaking out. And then I have a, this <laughs> labor and delivery nurse who's had like six kids naturally. So she's like, Oh, no problem. I'm going to talk you through it. But like one of the things, and luckily I got to, I got to have an epidural, but even then she gave me like one piece of advice in the middle of a push about how to engage, like how to properly relax my pelvic floor with my breath. And it was like night and day. Um, Was it similar to what we teach? Totally. That was what was so crazy. Like it is totally what we teach about relaxing, like using that You've got to have a forceful push, like just where your core engagement, that activation comes from, but you have to have your relaxed pelvic floor. And that's just not something you naturally do. Like when you think about it, when you push with all of your might, like when you're really engaging your core, you tighten everything. So if you haven't properly trained for how to relax, or if you don't know your body well enough, it's hard to do. Yeah, no, because it's just not, it doesn't feel natural to push and relax at the same time. No, because everything you just everything gets tense if you're not yeah. in the moment thinking about it. Every every part of your body is tense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I that. that's definitely <laughs> I can see that's that was a big fear of mine too. I would agree yeah. with that one. And we're actually going to have a podcast about all about like tearing and you know things that you can do to help reduce the severity of tearing. Um, we are obviously not doctors or nurses, so we don't feel you know comfortable 
talking and telling you guys necessarily what to do, but we're going to have a specialist on to talk about that. So stay in, we're staying yes. in our lane for sure, for sure. <laughs> with this one, but I'm glad that for you at least that that experience wasn't too crazy. So I'm going to just like, think about you. <laughs> I'll think about think you, you in the delivery room, Carrie. You should please. Thank you. <laughs> be like, I'm going to try to be like Carrie, be like, <laughs> um, number two, just moving on, you know, from number one, which was what if I tear, that's one, probably the number one, this is a close second. And I would have to say <laughs> for me personally, also, this is, pretty up there I think (laughs) one of my biggest fears I guess or concerns is what if I go number two during delivery um I don't know why and I know that like the nurses and the doctors literally do not care I know that I've they've been my friends who are you know nurses and in the medical field say you know we've seen it all we literally don't care like I'm sure they probably don't even tell you it's really professional, but I don't know why to me, this is just like, it actually might be close with number one. I don't know why, but maybe it's just like, I just it's, feel like I would be so embarrassed. Can I help you out? I'm going to help you out with this one. <laughs> you are totally going to poop. I'm just going to say oh, it. My you gosh. are totally oh. going to poop. I will go out here and tell you on this podcast that I did because it happens y'all. <laughs> I don't care who you are I mean, unless you it happens and it goes right into the waste bag with all the other stuff you're pushing out. It's messy, <laughs> folks. It's messy. It is messy. It is messy. And you know, it makes sense because you're using all the same muscles at Everything. the end of the day. And like I'm sure you I mean, and you can attest to this, like you probably honestly really don't care when yeah. you're going through it, but like to think about it just like makes me cringe. Like, and then yeah. I think about like <laughs> what Kevin would think and like, <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, what did Kyle, did Kyle even notice? Like, I don't know. Like, what if I pass gas? Like, you know, all the things I'm like, oh my gosh, like, oh yeah. All <sighs> the thoughts. I think in the moment, like very vulnerable, (laughs) you, yes, but I will tell you. So, and I will have to say, I totally had the same concern for my first, like in my first, I was worried about the tearing. I was worried about pooping on the the delivery table. Kyle and I had this rule that he was going to stay to the North side. (laughs) Um, Did he stay to the North side? He absolutely did. So during, that was just one thing that, you know, I'm not ever more power to you. If you have husbands out there and you all want to be involved, we just, neither one of us did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted him to be there to support me at, you know, right by the top. Absolutely. And then at the end, you know, if he wanted to cut the cord after all of the pushing and the stuff had happened, we were totally for, but that, you know, there's, that's some, just some part of our uh, relationship that we would want to keep, um, you know, not not looking like that. Yeah, so, yeah. No, that was just my guess- choice. I'm guessing that you didn't get the mirror then. No, you know, I they always I, ask you. They do. Which I've heard. Again, I'm not a doctor, not a nurse, but I've heard that that actually going back to tearing can help with tearing because you can like reduce tearing because you can like see it, especially if you get an epidural. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if if I would want. To each their own. I don't know. Everyone's oh, yeah. different. And you guys sh- let us know. Like, I would love to know, you know, did you guys use mirrors? Like, for those who have had children, did you use mirrors? Did you not use mirrors? If you did, did you find it helpful or was it frightening? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. I was, no, I could see, I could actually see why that would be very beneficial. I mean, you can see, like, at the 
the degree and the pressure and how much, I mean, I could totally see why that would work, but yeah, on the pooping thing, I think it's like one of those things, like you just probably don't care. You're not, especially in the moment when you just like, there's too much like endorphins around and everyone's excited and everyone just wants to see, you know, a healthy baby come out and move along with the process. Like, I don't think, I mean, I, I, I remember both of mine very well. And like, it's just not a big deal. Yeah. Totally okay. not. It's not like this. It's you like, I think not when you have an experience that you think it's going to be like this awkward moment where everyone's like, oh no. And it's just, <laughs> you know, just clean no. it up and it just Act moves like along. Never happened, I it hope. just moves along. Yes. Because like when, and when you're in labor, they, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about. Cause like, I don't know why I didn't think through this. Like they seriously have like, it's like, I mean, think of it like a trash can on wheels and it's sitting underneath oh, really? you. Yes. Like there's this massive, like open pit, like a gar, like think of it like a garbage bag sitting there because I mean, as you push, there's a lot of stuff that comes out with the baby uh, yeah. and as you it's push messy. it out, it's got to go somewhere. Um, so like it seriously just like falls in the trash can with everything else. Like you think uh-huh. about it. Yes. Just not something I had envisioned. So like as everything, Me either. In, you know, and like they're bringing stuff in the room to prepare and like do all that. That was one of the things that was the first thing I thought of, like, what in the world is that? And then I got to thinking like, well, clearly that makes sense. I don't think anyone wants to mop up <laughs> floors if they don't have to. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I guess that's definitely not in the movies. No, it's not. It's totally not in the movie. Because <laughs> it's not glamorous. Right? No, it's and, and not. Everything in Hollywood is glamorous and this definitely isn't. So. <laughs> It's true. No. Beautiful in its own messy way. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I would say for me, and I actually feel better now that we've had that that conversation. That makes me feel better. I might need a pep talk right before again. But gotcha. Yeah, for me, and those are pretty up there with everyone else. I would say those were probably my biggest fears. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, those are those are for a good reason. Yes. Yeah. Let that one go. Let that one (laughs) go down. (laughs) Okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do. Okay. So number three, this is definitely a big one, um, is will I need a C-section? Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely had so many thoughts of this. Mm-hmm. And I don't like looking back again. It's one of those things like you have to trust your provider. Like as long as you trust your provider and your team, you have to be open to the fact that you trust them. And if they think you need one, you probably do. Yeah. Um, and just open to the fact, cause I remember there were several times, especially with Carter's, um, I, for some reason I just don't dilate. My body just doesn't like to dilate, but like with Carter, um, his heart rate kept, you know, dropping and it was, it was getting, and then she even said, like, I remember the doctor coming in and saying, just want to let you know, like, here's where we're at. If his heart rate doesn't get back to normal in the next 30 minutes, we are going to need to do a C-section. And I remember that thought, like, this is really happening, but it's like, then you have, then you come back to it and it's like, no, like I know we had a plan, but at the end of the day, you have to trust who you have, who you have selected to be your t- part of your team. Oh, definitely. And, and for me, I think I, and probably just because I'm in this space too, you know, it's been somewhat easier for me to accept. Like that is a very much a possibility because it's pretty common, right? Like, yeah. They're somewhat common. Um, I mean, I know, you know, many of my friends who have had C-sections and it makes you no less of a, you know, strong mom or like, I feel like it doesn't make your birth experience any less than oh, no. I agree. Um, if anything. It's like much more of a, you know, recovery process. So um, I, I just, I don't know. I, for me, it's, I think my biggest thing is 
healthy baby, healthy me at the end of the day. And, you know, for everyone else, I would hope that's what they're thinking too, is as long as that you're healthy and your baby's healthy at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, even though it might be, you know, not be your ideal plan. You know, if it, like you mentioned, if you have to get one, there was a good reason for it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I just, and I feel like embracing the fact that like, think about how far we've come with like modern day medicine. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that we have, that doctors have the ability that if it is necessary to still get a healthy baby outside of, outside of you and have both a healthy mom and baby, like at the end of the day, like you said, that's what, that's the goal. Like everyone's birth plan should be healthy mom, healthy baby. Mm -hmm. You know, you can Mm -hmm. have, you can have it envisioned and I'm not saying that it won't go, you know, as you plan, but you have to, I feel like everyone just needs to be open to the fact that, you know, Again, it comes back to trusting the people you've selected. And if you trust the people you've selected, you should be able to know that they are the expert. They do this for a living. They see these situations day in and day out, several times a day. And just putting, you know, putting your faith in them to do the best thing is, I think, will take a lot of relief off. Like, you know, if I have to do it, at least I know that they think it's necessary and they're fully capable of doing it. Exactly. And in the birth course that I'm listening to, she had mentioned, like, you know, obviously, you know, it might not be ideal for you, but at the end of the day, the more open you are about it, the less anxiety you'll have about it. And the less anxious you are, typically the better that everything is going to be. So just like, again, knowledge is power, learning, reading up about the process, asking your doctor, asking tons of questions, you know, beforehand, I think can definitely help. I completely agree. So, Moving on to number four, um, (laughs) which I feel like this is also probably a very popular one, is how bad is this going to (laughs) hurt? Because, you know, especially for new moms, this is something we've never experienced before. And because we've never experienced it, we have no idea. Um, And I think, you know, everyone knows that, yes, it's going to be not, it's not going to be comfortable. Um, but I think looking at like bigger picture and you can attest to this obviously more than I can, but, um, it's only for a short time compared to the bigger picture. Right. So, I mean, there's obviously things and, you know, different pain management techniques out there, whether you decide to have an epidural or you decide to go, you know, completely unmedicated, there's, different techniques and different things that you can do to help lessen that. But I think just like in my mind, I'm telling myself, okay, I know so many people who have gotten through this. They're all, you know, for the most part, they're all okay now. Um, Even if they had bad experiences, you know, everything went okay. They're here. Uh, I don't know. Just looking at the bigger picture, I guess. Yes. And like having a plan in place, like if you're, if you're the person who is going for an all natural unmedicated birth, you better put coping mechanisms into place. This can't be like a game day decision. Like, yeah, I think I'm going to try it. No sister. (laughs) (laughs) No, like it's, you know, I, I just knew from day one that I wanted an epidural. Now, even with Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you experience obviously contractions, um, how far you get into them, you know, obviously that's, you know, a different call for every person, every one person's doctor. Um, but I'll tell you, I think I got to a six and they weren't, <laughs> they certainly weren't easy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, that, but that was, that's just part of my plan. Um, and as I already shared that plan, almost I, I, even then, I think maybe I should have 
you know, maybe breathing techniques or something because I almost had to go through it without an epidural. Um, and I mean, you're capable, like it's going to happen. Our bodies as women were built to do this. Um, but yeah, like you said, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, if you go natural, there's going to be some pain involved. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, you probably like I, every single person I know who actually had an unmedicated natural birth does not remember. Like your body releases, I think so much just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's all the hormones that it releases. I think once the baby comes out, you are so, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like, um, that's why we keep having children. You know, you, (laughs) you forget, you forget about the sleepless nights. You forget about the terrible two tantrums, like all (laughs) the things, like they just kind of fade in comparison to how cool that final moment is. And like the bonding and everything you experience after it's kind of like, you almost just forget about it. Yeah. But yeah, so I think it's, it's just going in with the plan, going in prepared. Mm-hmm. If it's something you want to try, it's like, you def you definitely need a plan in place. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to cope? What is it that you need? Who do you need? Yes. More specifically, who do you need in the room to help yeah. you get through it? And that's what I was just going to say. I feel like having like a great support system and just like positive energy in the room can only make it helpful. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, and you, and every, everyone knows that that person is different for everyone. I'm not saying it has to be your spouse. Like hopefully your spouse is part of that, but you know, everyone knows too, that I will have to tell you right now that even Kyle is not going to be offended by me saying this. If I wanted to do an unnatural unmedicated birth, I'm a hundred percent sure I would have needed a doula. Yeah. Um, and he would have told you the same thing. Like he's supportive, but he would have, he would have wanted the help too. You know, (laughs) yeah, he could have only handled so much too. So again, that's just like a conversation. Well, I'm um, sure it's also a lot for the partner, you oh, know, because totally. they're, you know, watching you go through this extremely painful <laughs> situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they can't so. do anything about it. They can't do anything like, you know, as as your like partner and spouse, like they want to help you in every situation and there's not much they can really do physically to help you. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So just having a plan again, like everything, researching, knowing your options and going in a little with a plan. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it might not go as planned. Yes. <laughs> Having yeah. a plan, but also knowing that it's very unpredictable and it might not, because I mean, there's, you hear about those stories and I had a friend actually just yesterday, her water broke at two. She gave birth at by four Wow. a.m. And she didn't, I mean, she didn't have time to, um, even if she wanted, I think her plan was to have an unmedicated birth anyway, but at the end of the day, like she didn't even. She couldn't even if she wanted because it was so fast. That's crazy. Yeah, that w- it wasn't an option. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yes, looking at bigger picture and just, you know, focusing in and having a plan and techniques. And that's why birth. I'm really big on, like, doing, like, a birth course. You can learn proper breathing techniques and pain management techniques even if you decide that you don't want a medicated birth. Totally. I feel like what you're going through, like, the course you're going through I think is key. Yeah. I think having that, those extra resources and just knowledge. Yeah. Because honestly, there's a lot that I, there's a lot of different pain management techniques that I was not aware of. Yeah. Like for people who don't want an epidural, there's actually so many other things that you can do um, that I didn't know about. So yeah, I think it's really, really important to, if you can try to get into some type of birthing class, just because again, you'll just, it'll help, it helps take away the anxiety. 
Yes. At the end of the day. And I'm then, a very and, anxious person. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. And especially for something you've never experienced. Like this yeah. is, this is a big deal, you know, bringing it a is. human into the world is a big deal. So it is definitely when it comes with anxiety. Okay. That was number four. Number yes. five, y'all, this is definitely a popular one. <laughs> Will my taco be the same? <laughs> And you, you yes, probably your know vagina. what we mean by the your, taco. Your yes. vagina is <laughs> is built to adapt and it will, for the most part, return to normal <laughs> for most people. Yes. It's just, you know, like, again, just like we said, your body is, in, it is incredible. The things that your body is capable of doing, the things that you are able to endure, especially as a woman, are seriously like from a, they're a gift from God. It's very clear. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you right now, like, just like everything else, I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, I think that mine has returned back to, <laughs> you know, normal. To normal. It's, yes. Good. It's, and I mean, now just as, as you all know, Bailey and I are big, we're, we're big on pelvic floor rehab and core. Like uh, even after Carter going through our training and course, there were a lot of things from a core aspect and definitely from a pelvic floor that I needed to retrain. And it's not something that's like, you know, I'll do a couple reps of this and be done. I mean, these are things I, he's four years old, you guys, and I've still work on my pelvic floor daily. Yeah. It's, it's not something that just fixes itself overnight or even like no months or years. You have to actually, you know, put in the work and the time and like, or, you know, see a pelvic floor physical therapist or, you know, a trusted educated program because yeah, it's, that's just going to make a big difference. And you can definitely attest to that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just like any other muscle, you know, like what happens when you stop, you know, for anyone who's had an injury or just decides to take a little break from working out, you know, it's Uh it's muscle, it's muscle atrophy. Like when you stop using a muscle, it doesn't, function and it's, it's, it's not tight. Like think about your, any other muscle in your entire body, you know, you stop working out your calf muscles or your legs, what happens? They're no longer tight. It's the same thing with your pelvic floor. A tight muscle doesn't look the same as a loose muscle. So, uh-huh. you know, if you're not working to re-engage those muscles and understand how the pelvic floor works, it's not going to go back to normal unless you do something about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've had a whole, we had, um, Taylor, um, who's a, pelvic floor physical therapist on our podcast a while ago. I forget what episode it was. I'd have to go back and look. And she mentioned that, you know, things like incontinence and peeing yourself and leaking, those are, you know, definitely common, but they're not normal necessarily. And it's because it's not talked about. And so many women kind of just think, oh, I had a baby. This is kind of what happens. You know, this is what I have to deal with after I have a baby. And that's definitely not the case. And, and early on, everyone thinks that, you know, time heals everything. Like if I just give it enough time, my body will just, you know, snap back to where it was. And it's like, that's not the case in any situation. It's not true for your core. It's not tr- true for your pelvic floor. It's just, it doesn't just snap back. Like you have to put in effort to rehab. Um, yeah. And especially like, that's why there's pelvic floor physical therapists. Like there's, yeah, a lot of people can absolutely get back to normal doing exercises and following a structured course. But if you are not one of those people and maybe you do have more severe tearing or something happened, more trauma, um, or I just, I've actually been talking to a lot of, um, girls at a studio I teach at who are in their like mid twenties 
who have issues peeing themselves when they work out and they're in their mid twenties. Huh. Um, and that, this was my first conversation. Like, no kids, like, no kids yet. And I'm like, you have got to start working on this now, like training that muscle now so that, you know, your recovery when you, when you're ready to will be easier because if you can, can you only imagine like if that's happening now, what's going to happen oh, after their yeah. first child? Yeah. Or even when they're pregnant, like, I mean, Bailey, you know, like how much pressure gets put on your pelvic floor while you're pregnant. Yeah. I'm definitely starting to feel that now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's, I can tell that he's just getting lower because <sighs> I'm starting to feel that pressure. And it's like, Oh gosh, I have to go pee. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and I have to go now. Yes. <laughs> he's leaving so, no yeah. room. No, I can definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand what that feels like now. And I feel like it's only going to get more intense as the weeks go on. Maybe a little, maybe a little. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it can be the same, right? It's just, just got to put in the work or see a specialist. Yes. Well, that's good to know. Yes. it (laughs) It can go back to normal. All right. Let's see. One more, one more. Yes. Number six. What if it's too late to get an epidural? Yeah. What if it is? <laughs> yeah. That was that. a concern you had. Yeah. This was, uh, maybe this is the top of my list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll going to give you my honest. Um, I was absolutely freaked out that I could not get one. And it's because I was not prepared. Uh-huh. And just like what we've talked about with every one of these other things, I think you have to run that scenario through your head. I'm not saying you'll ever be prepared if you go in saying like, I'm getting an epidural no no matter what. But you have to think sometimes now I don't know, I don't know the percentage on this, so nobody quote me, but I do know many people who have gone in for an epidural and they have what they call hot spots or they don't work. So mm-hmm. you have to be prepared for that. Like you just have to be prepared mentally for any situation that can happen. Or yeah. at least open to it. No, definitely. And like I said, like my friend just yesterday, like that was her, I mean that was what she wanted anyway was an unmedicated birth. And she did with her first, but like, even if she wanted one, she wouldn't have been able to get one. So I definitely think keeping an open mind and like you had mentioned, trying to prepare yourself and kind of plan ahead for again, non-medicated pain management techniques is only going to benefit you. And it's going to help again, take away some of that anxiety. But the good news is that you get to meet your baby soon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> if it's good, that fast. <laughs> good news is baby's coming. Yeah. If it's yeah. that fast, then it's not going to last as long. No. And I'm, I'm totally on board with like what you said, because even before you can get an epidural, trust me, there's going to be pain involved. There's pressure, oh, yeah. there's contraction. So it's kind of like, why wouldn't you go ahead and look into a alternative pain management, whether that's breathing techniques, massage, like whatever it is, um, and start implementing those. And then worst case scenario, if you get to a point and for some reason can't have an epidural, at least you have these other tactics. And at the end of the day, you're going to get through it and you're going to have a precious little baby to meet. So exactly. You will. You will do it. You'll make it through. I promise. And that's <laughs> what I was going to you know, say about you. At the end of the day, you would have got through it. We told, I told him. Yes. Especially. You, and I mean, yes, it would have been, you know, probably painful and obviously not what you had planned, but you would have gotten through it. We would have been good. Oh, yeah. You're stronger than you think you are, right? Everyone is stronger than they think they are. That is for sure. Especially when you're put in a situation like that. Like, yeah. trust that's me. That's go time, man. If you can't get an epidural because it's coming so fast, it's go time. Yes. And you're it's- probably your adrenaline, I'm sure, takes over in a way that 
you've oh, never yeah. experienced if, if is would be my guess. It is. And even I know some people say that um, epidurals block all I they didn't I, to me, it did not block my adrenaline. Yeah. Um, I felt like you feel like the rush and the high of like, get, like it does. It feels like it feels like an intense hit workout. I don't that's the kind of like that's the kind of like, I don't know euphoria I get after a hit workout and that's exactly what you I think your body releases that so that's exactly what you feel and how you get uh, through it yeah I understand why it can be scary but I, like like I said you're stronger than you think if that does happen you will get through it yes for sure well this was int- this was definitely entertaining I know I know we <laughs> at some- least for us it was hopefully it was for you <laughs> I know and just you know obviously we are not professionals and all of no. these different topics we are no. pre and postnatal exercise and nutrition specialist <laughs> yes that's our jam nutrition but, and exercise yes is yes. our lane you know but these are definitely these are like bailey said this these is are real like, life it is and these are the six things that we've heard about the most i mean they're definitely things that i were thinking about they're things bailey's thinking about as she gets close to delivery and Friends. Yeah, friends, stories, you hear all these things. And it's so normal to have fears. Like you're certainly not alone having concerns and fears and having this anxiety creep up. And I'm I don't think anyone can say anything to make you not anxious. Like I remember that when you know it's happening and you drive to the hospital, like you're gonna have that anxiety. But you know, just at the end of the day, like Bailey and I always say, go just be as prepared as you can. And that means seeking the seeking advice like seeking information the more informed you are the better off you are and the more people you have on your team like figure out who you need on your team mm-hmm. who's going to help you get through this is it a birthing course is it a doula is it your spouse like who is it that's going to help you get through it or maybe it's a friend who are you going to call who are you going to have your spouse call in the middle of a situation like there's so many ways that uh, your community that you build can support you and i think it's just like really leaning in um mm-hmm. on those around you to help you get through it that was good. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. You like that? <laughs> I Think have about nothing it. to add. Remember that, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I know. Maybe it's because I'm intently listening. I know. It is. But yes, yeah. it's so true. It's so it's- true. Yes. Well, this was awesome. Thanks yeah. for thanks for listening to Bailey and I have a little a little banter, a little fun yeah, banter. Yeah, just kind right? of a little like, I mean, it, we're doing this later in the evening than normal. Normally, I would say this is like a coffee chat, but... It can be called a wine chat for Carrie and not for me. And not but... so much for you. <laughs> I did make a really good spicy margarita mocktail last night that I, w- I am going to be sharing with you guys. I saw that picture. Um, it looks delicious. It was so – it's like exactly what I needed. I like needed – because I'm not going to lie, y'all. I am missing a margarita. I do oh, like yeah. a good a margarita every now and then. You know, a glass of red wine with dinner. Um and it's been pretty easy for the majority, you know. I haven't really thought about it, but here lately, maybe it's because it's getting warmer. Yeah. Here and Cinco de Mayo is this week. Maybe that's why I've been like, oh gosh, a margarita sounds good. So last night, I'm we sat around the fire and I kind of we just were like, what would be good? Like and figured this out, and it was good, y'all. I'll share the recipe soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. I might not. Make and then it a you mocktail. can yeah. Say, you can add a little tequila to it if you I want. I might add. It won't hurt my sun- feelings. I might <laughs> add a little sunshine, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for listening to our. Uh, we'll call it a wine chat. That was good. Yeah, this was good. <laughs> All right, mamas, mamas to be. Thanks again, as always, for joining us. Um, If you would be so kind to give us a glowing rating and share this with all your mama friends, anyone who you know 
maybe needs a little laugh or um, check out some of our other episodes. We have a ton of information. Um, as Bailey said, we will definitely be having someone on very in the very near future to talk about tearing. Um, and also we have one coming up on postpartum depression with my very special sister. Oh, yes. Um, yes. She's going to be coming on in the next few weeks, too. So look out. We have some really cool topics. If you have any suggestions, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're on Instagram. We hang out there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so follow us over there on Fit Mom and 30. Um, and that's it. As always, um, we would love to hear from you. So yeah, if you have or other concerns, if you if something on this podcast like really hit home and you love to ask us something, as you can tell, nothing's really off limits to us. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we're not. We don't. We're we don't pretty open. We're, open. we're pretty focus. open. Yes. So that's all we have for tonight. Um, until next time, we will talk to you later, Mama. Bye, Mama. Bye.